0: I think they lack agape when they deliver the message that they are giving. They have a firm conviction, but the firm conviction is not balanced with agape. We have to balance those things with agape. The gift of prophecy, the understanding of mysteries, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, when used without agape, makes the speaker as nothing in the eyes of others.
1: For that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round, and it's taking you for a ride.
0: You've got to let go
1: and let go. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: All right, as we get transitioned from our worship to the teaching of God's Word, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 13. I titled this, from the passage itself, a more excellent way. And this passage, a portion of it, almost in every wedding that I perform, someone ends up reading a portion or all of this passage. Sometimes it's the bride and the groom reading to one another. Other times it's friends, maybe the maid of honor or the best man reading this passage. Maybe it's the preacher. Maybe I do it every once in a while for them. It is known as the love chapter and Paul presents it to us to have a greater understanding of love itself according to the word of God. We closed last week with the Apostle Paul encouraging us in 1 Corinthians 12:31, saying earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I will show you a more excellent way. Paul's exhortation to earnestly desire the best gifts really sets us up for this classic discourse on love that's found in 1 Corinthians 13. In the Bible, there are three well-known Greek words for love, eros, phileo, and agape. Eros is the word originally used in classical Greek, speaking about the love between sexes, the love of a sweetheart or the love of a husband for his wife and the wife for the husband. Phileo is a broader term generally used for the love of friends. Uh, We know it as the brotherly love. Philadelphia in our own country is named the city of brotherly love. And it speaks about having that friendly affection that we have toward others. It can speak about that affection that parents have to their children, children to their parents, uh, being a love of a citizen of a state to which we belong. And the other word that we find is agape. It is used for a higher type of love, a love that is all-observing, completely dominates one's whole being. This word is the word that we have in this chapter. When it speaks about love, every time it uses the word Agape. So today we're going to look at a passage from 1 Corinthians 13. I titled it, A More Excellent Way. And we're going to see in our first point, the gifts without love, verses 1 through 3. Love defined, verses 4 through 7. And the greatest of these, verses 8 through 13. I'm going to go ahead and read our first point, verses 1 through 3. The gifts without love, and open us in prayer. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become as sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow on all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So, Father, I pray that you would bless us now as we look into this just great passage in the Bible. We know that every word in the Bible is good. Some, Lord, speak to us more than others. Lord, I pray that you would help this passage speak to us in a great way this day. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the gifts without love, the gifts without agape, and we find that in the Bible, there are three words, it's agape, agapeo, or agapetos, they are found in the New Testament a total of 320 times, and they always are translated as love, or to love, or the beloved, and they always defined agape. To me, it's a giving love that expects nothing in return. Here Paul uses the word agape 8 times in 6 verses in 1 Corinthians 13. In verse 1 he says though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not agape I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I speak with tongues he's already went through this in chapter 12 talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of tongues, glossia in the Greek And when used properly, this gift magnifies the wonderful works of God. We discover this in Acts 2, verse 4, and also in verse 11, the Bible telling us on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance, we heard them speaking in our own languages the wonderful works of God. So the gifts of tongues should naturally magnify the wonderful works of god years ago lily and i were sitting in a revival meeting at a pentecostal church toward the end of the service several people began speaking in tongues all at once and although the use of tongue gifts may have seemed strange to this southern baptist kid it did not surprise us we were at a pentecostal church it's what we would expect what did surprise me though was the evangelist saying, if you don't understand what's going on, then you need to get your life right with God. We were right with God. What we did not understand was their use of the sign gifts in contradiction to the word of God. We learned last week when speaking in tongues, Paul instructed the church there in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 14, 27 and 28, if anyone speaks in a tongue, Let there be two, or the most three, each in a turn. Let one interpret. If there was no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. Let him speak as to himself and to God. There were no interpreters. They didn't speak in turn. They were speaking all at once. It was in contradiction to the very word of God. Yet this did not bother me as much as the evangelist who condemned us for our lack of understanding. Then it was apparent that to me that she did not have the gift of agape. She was not operating with love, was not operating with agape. With agape, you would desire to instruct. You would desire to help others to understand the gift of tongues. Whether of men or of angels... When spoken without agape, well, it causes the user to become like a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal to the hearers. The sign gifts without love, verse 2, tells us, Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but to have not love, I am nothing. Prophecy. We've already learned this, looking at it in chapter 12, this Greek word that speaks about foretelling of future events that have not taken place, or the forth-telling, uh, the preaching of the word of God. This is a type of prophecy, a type of gift, the declaring of the word of God. To speak forth the word of God, like when preaching or teaching, is forthtelling. To tell of the future things is foretelling. Those who prophesy are to bring edification, exhortation, comfort to the hearers. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. Paul saw prophecy, the gift of prophecy of, of one of the great gifts. He said, especially that you might prophesy. When speaking of mysteries, we think of a mystery as something that is unknown, a secret that has not yet been revealed. According to the Word of God, a mystery is a truth that is beyond human understanding or comprehension, but has now been made known through the revelation of God. Paul specifically connects the apostles' stewardship to their spirit-filled knowledge of the mystery of God. He said in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which the Lord ordained before the ages for our glory. To speak of knowledge, gnosis is the Greek word. It means to know, to have knowledge, or to have intelligence. It's also the seeking to know, just trying to learn this gift of knowledge. It was through the preaching and the teaching of the word of God that the knowledge of salvation had come to the Corinthian believers through their faith in Jesus Christ. I also believe that the word of knowledge refers to the Spirit's ability to give someone information that they have not learned, knowledge that the Lord gives you that is apart from any type of education that you have received. 1 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 3 says, Now concerning the things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But love edifies. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Again, Paul speaks about knowledge, but also about love. And the importance is that of love. To speak of faith, pistis in the Greek, it refers to having this conviction of truth, a belief of firm persuasion of God and his word. And there are those who would follow world events. They attempt to line them up with last day prophecies of the rapture, the tribulation, the great tribulation, the coming Antichrist. And there are many Bible prophecies, what we would call the Bible prophecy teachers today, that right now they are having a field day with everything that's going on in our world today. And there's nothing wrong with doing this. Every week, I listen to several prophecy teachers that I might stay informed on world events and their possible connection to last days. On the other hand, there are those who I like to call the sky is falling prophecy teachers. Every event is one of desperation. And we have I've seen the last days from my perspective for the last 20 years. The last day has been coming tomorrow every day for the last 20 years, and it's not here yet. So I always take some of those with a grain of salt. I think they lack agape when they deliver the message that they are giving. They have a firm conviction, but the firm conviction is not balanced with agape. We have to balance those things with agape. The gift of prophecy, the understanding of mysteries, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith, when used without agape, makes the speaker as nothing in the eyes of others. And then great sacrifice without love. He says, though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, all my goods, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Even the greatest sacrificial offerings, of all your earthly goods or even your body it's a one-time gift you can only sacrifice your life once for someone else if it's done without love it's done without profit of the one who is giving without profit it means to have an advantage on the other hand the greatest example of someone giving his all is that of Jesus, his death upon the cross and this is because Jesus gave his life in agape. The love of the Son, John 15, 13, tells us, No greater love than any man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. The love of the Father, in Romans 5, 8, tells us that God demonstrates his own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The love of the Holy Spirit, in Romans fifteen thirty says, Now I beg you, brethren, though the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. He says, I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the love of the Holy Spirit, that you strive together with me in the prayers to God for me. He named all three persons of the Godhead there. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But he mentioned the agape love of the Holy Spirit. And the love of believers. In Romans 5.5 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God has been poured out into our hearts. And whether using one of the sign gifts, or our natural abilities, we must function with agape. We must function with love toward others. He defines love for us in First Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. I'm going to read it for you. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Agape, as I like to describe it, a giving love that expects nothing in return, is a love that is long-suffering and kind. To be long-suffering is to be long-spirited or forbearing or patient. To be kind, it speaks about a kindness or an obligation willing to help or to assist others. Are you allowing Jesus' agape to flow through you with love's long-suffering, with kindness toward others? Love does not envy or parade itself. To be envy, it's a word that Is translated as zealous or to have zeal in other places in the Bible. It speaks about to busy oneself with something. To be envious, you're always looking at what other people's haves and desiring it for yourself. To parade yourself, it speaks about boasting or vaunting yourself toward others. And are you allowing Jesus' agape to keep you from burning envy, from vain boasting? Agape is not puffed up. It is not rude to puff up. It speaks about that pride that we can have. In context, it refers to having pride against another. To be rude, we understand that. It's having this attitude that is very ugly, unseemly, unbecoming toward others. And again, are we allowing Jesus's agape to keep us from pride that leads to rude behavior? Agape does not seek his own, is not provoked, it thinks no evil. To seek our own, it it is a Greek word that speaks about to worship God, or in a bad sense, which Paul uses it here, it's a word that speaks to plot against another. You're seeking your own, so you're plotting against others because you're seeking an advantage for your own life. To not be provoked... It means that we are not roused to anger or indignation, to think no evil. In a moral sense, it speaks about that of being wicked or vicious or bad in heart, in conduct or character. We are not to uh, do these things. We are to allow Jesus' agape to keep us from seeking our own well-being before others, from provoking others, from thinking evil of others. Agape does not rejoice in iniquity, but in truth. Iniquity, speaking about that unrighteousness that is in our world today, in a condition that is not being right, whether with God or with others. Agape does not rejoice in iniquity. Agape rejoices in truth. A Greek word that refers to that which is true, that which is connects with what we understand according to the truth of the word of God that has given us. And are we allowing Jesus' agape to keep us from rejoicing in iniquity, the iniquity of others, but rejoicing in truth? Agape bears all things. Agape believes all things. Agape hopes all things. Agape endures all things. Agape bears all things. It it means to cover over with silence. Uh, We might say uh, concealing. It's a hiding of the faults of others, covering them up. Often people like to expose the faults of others, but agape doesn't do that. It conceals them for others. Agape bears all things. We cover over the faults of others. Agape believes all things, a Greek word that uh, has its roots in the Greek word pistis, referring to one's conviction of truth. It's to have faith. We have faith in all things, that God is going to work in every situation. Agape hopes all things. It's to look for with expectation. We have this hope in the end, God wins. And agape endures all things. It means to stay under, to bear under. It speaks about perseverance under trial. Agape helps us to do that. Are you willing to allow Jesus' agape to help you to bear the trials in this life, to believe in the work of God in this life, to hope with expectation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, to endure the weights the trials of this world, and others, until you see Jesus face to face. The founding pastor of the Calvary Chapel Movement, Pastor Chuck Smith, he loved to take this portion of scripture and to read his own name into the passage, in verses 4 through 7. And so if I do it by putting my name here, it just doesn't seem to fit as well. If I read it to you this way, it says, John suffers long and is kind. John does not envy. John does not parade himself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek his own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. John bears all things. John believes all things. John hopes all things. John endures all things. Well, I read through that. As I'm reading it to you, I'm thinking, yeah, uh, not so much. Hit some of those points, and I don't fit well in there. But the name that does fit well in there, if we would exchange love for Jesus, it fits perfectly. Jesus suffers long and is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not parade himself is not puffed up. Jesus does not behave rudely, does not seek his own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Jesus bears all things. Jesus believes all things. Jesus hopes all things. Jesus endures all things. I would challenge you to insert your own name in there. See how you line up. We must continually bear, believe, hope, endure all things with agape i'd like to continue to encourage you to reach out to people this week at least three let them know that you're thinking of them it could be a friend a co-worker a neighbor a church member reach out to them it's so important these days that we find ourselves in and finally if you need prayer again You can go to our church's webpage, cclv.org forward slash prayer and leave a request there. I'd like to close this in prayer now. So Father, we thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for your great grace that you've bestowed upon us. We thank you, Father, for this great passage of scripture, that teaching of the agape love of Christ. Lord, I pray that agape would flow through our lives and we look forward, Lord, To all that we see in part in a mirror dimly right now, Lord, we look forward to that day that we will see you face to face. Until that day, Lord, I pray that you would help us to function, to operate in agape. That is my prayer, our desire for us this day. In the name of Jesus, amen.